Time to check in with Keith Baldry right now, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, joining us on the line from Victoria on Easter Monday. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday, Sterling. Well, same to you, sir. Uh, long weekend, of course. Uh, we'll we'll be, I, I guess, getting numbers from the long weekend. Four days long this weekend, tomorrow. Or are there plans for these uh, numbers to be publicized today, Keith? I'm told there's going to be a report today uh, covering uh, two days worth of uh, COVID-19. And, you know, we're going to have more than, likely more than 2,000 cases reported. We've been averaging close to nine, well, a little more than 900 cases a day. Mm -hmm. And that average has been going up every single day. So no reason to think it's down unless we have fewer testing. But uh, we're in a very serious situation. So keep an eye on the hospitalizations and the ICU numbers uh, reported today and tomorrow. One thing we picked up on the weekend reported last night on Global is frontline doctors are telling us that they're seeing in the recent uh, week or two a significant, not huge, but noticeable uptick in the number of young people in their 20s and 30s having to be admitted into the ICU because of the severity of their illness, which they did not see with any regularity up until recently, which leads to the suspicion that the Brazilian variant, the P1 variant of COVID-19, which is more transmissible, more infectious, and more severe with people, maybe is starting to rise in numbers in BC, and that might be hitting younger people particularly hard right now. No question about that. We'll talk later about the Canucks, and we'll do more of that in our next half hour, but suffice it to say, as a classic example of incredibly fit healthy, young yeah. people, average age, what, Keith, maybe 26, they're early 20s to early 30s, uh, and, and here and they've got uh, 16 and counting in terms of players, could be much higher, uh, coaches and other members of the organization also down, and these some of these fit, incredibly healthy young people are quite ill this week, and they suspect it is the variant that's mm-hmm. knocking them down. Yeah, and what's really concerning about this, and again, don't, I don't have any specific information. We've seen this in other instances. The after effects can be quite severe. And why it's concerning for pro athletes, and we actually heard from Toronto Raptors coach Nick Nurse last week talking about some of his players that had COVID and the lingering effects affects their lung capacity. That's right. And if you're a professional athlete, that's basically your number one, one of your number one things is you, you need lung capacity, particularly in fast-paced sports such as hockey and basketball. Mm-hmm. And I certainly hope that no Canuck right now who's suffering from COVID-19 has after effects that affects their lung capacity because that could affect their careers. That's how serious this is. And that's why young people in particular have to be on guard right now that they do not get the Brazilian variant because it can have a devastating impact on their lives. Well, here's a, a, a moment uh, with Health Minister Adrian Dix talking about the concerns they have uh, with variants and young British Columbians. The median age of people with the, the variant of concern, P1, is 28, meaning half of them are under 28 and half of them are over 28. So that's young, much younger than the regular cases of COVID-19. So there's not, as you say, Keith, there's, there's an uptick in cases of decidedly healthy young people unexpectedly taken down by the COVID variant and being admitted to the, uh, the ICU. So this is not just illness. This is a significant level of illness. Yeah, it's the severity is increasing. And you heard uh, Minister Dix there talk about the median age of, 20, of, of, of P1 cases being 28. That compares to about 36 or 37 for COVID-19. It's been the case 
right almost from day one that people in their 20s and 30s seem to get COVID in greater numbers proportionally than other segments of the population, but they've never been having the severity of the illness that older people do, for example. Right. Um, older people are more uh, tend to be admitted to hospitals, ICUs, and unfortunately um, have the highest mortality rate. That is starting to shift now, not mortality rates, but people going into the ICUs. Again, not huge numbers, but one thing we've learned in this pandemic, never go by one-day stats or two days. Look at the trends. Look at the rolling averages. And what's troubling is that, as doctors have been pointing out in Royal Columbian and Lionsgate, they're starting to see a slow ascension of young people coming in with far more severe symptoms than they've ever had before. Mm-hmm. That's what's concerning. If that trend continues, what's an uptick right now could turn into something much more severe and es- in terms of escalation. And, of course, it all gets mitigated or offset, we hope, by uh, the ongoing vaccine campaign. Uh, and, of course, the problem there is simply supply. And we're yeah. encouraged by the fact that there is more supply scheduled for this week, but we are simply behind in supply, doing the best we can with what we have, which isn't very much. Uh, let's talk a little bit about these uh, establishments, these eateries in Vancouver, a couple of them, Keith, had stayed open over the weekend. The clientele, uh, young, uh, aggressive towards uh, health inspectors when they mm-hmm. came in, basically shouted them out of the place. Um, no consequences so far. We've had the restaurant people, Ian Tostenson, this morning saying to see one of those or both of them lose their liquor license wouldn't be too surprising to him. Are you expecting consequences? Well, you know, Mike Farnworth uh, is saying that there's going to be some significant consequences, but it's interesting to see. Uh, the handoff, or like the hot potato, these things become between um, Vancouver Police, WorkSafe BC, and public health right. and public safety. Like, who's going to take the ball and run here? It's unclear who's going to actually uh, step in and do the enforcement. Uh, but I suspect these these establishments will pay a penalty. I think it's very foolish for these owners to think that somehow they're going to make a political protest and that their business is not going to suffer. Hopefully the young clientele there don't pay a far more serious consequence. Right. And that is getting the variant uh, virus and coming down with that because we just talked about the consequences for that far exceed losing your liquor license. Your life would literally be on the line. It's Sterling Fox in for Mike Smith on Easter Monday. Mike will be back tomorrow, and he'll be joined tomorrow at this time by Keith Baldry, who's with us from Victoria this morning, talking, well, uh, among other things, uh, projected numbers for this afternoon. Keith, and of course, your word, the watchword is trend, isn't it? And the trend recently has been disturbing. It has, not only in in total case numbers, uh, but again, the ICU numbers affecting younger people are starting to be a trend that we're keeping a nervous eye on. But, uh, you know... Months ago, when we hit 50 cases a day, everybody thought that was like, wow, 50 cases. Now we're hitting 1,000 cases a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the virus is spreading very quickly and rapidly, particularly um, in Vancouver Coastal and Fraser Health. But the numbers are starting to tick upwards in Vancouver Island and the interior as well. No no part of the province is immune to this right mm-hmm. now, but we're in a very critical juncture the next three weeks next four weeks are going to be critical we, we the thought is if we, we can get to warmer weather and less people gathering inside uh, maybe that'll suppress the numbers but um we're in for a world of hurt i think for the next short time okay let's go to the phones keith as usual lots of people want to jump in uh, malcolm's in east vancouver good morning morning gentlemen so here's two points number one if one of those young people catches covid takes it home gives it to their parents the parent dies i'm sorry but i don't feel sorry 
for that kid. He did it. Now, number two, and this is the seri- really serious, they're nailing these guys to the party givers, $2,300, double that to 5000 and then hit the party goers $1,000. Start nailing them in the pocketbook. Maybe that'll get a message across them. I'm 67 years old. I'm waiting for my shot. I'm in that age bracket where, you know, who knows when we're going to get it. Kind yeah. of thing, the way this has gone with the, the rollout. But come on, Mike, get serious. Stop hitting people with a wet noodle. Hit them with a baseball bat if you have to. But got to get the message across these people. And if you got to go through their wallets, so be it. Malcolm, good points. Keith, what about that? What about a cop standing outside the, the restaurant there in Kitsilano last night with a ticket book in his hand uh, 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 saying to people as they go in the door, you go inside, you realize you're breaking the rules. And when you come out, I'll be here and I will give you a ticket. And it's up to what, 575 now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fines have been increased. One of the problems is a lot of people just aren't, re- aren't paying the fine. Um, well, yeah. They're, or they're challenging so far, them. anyway. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's being referred to collection agencies. At some point, that's going to affect your credit rating. Mike Farnworth has hinted there may be other ways to collect fines. One of the things that's been speculated is do you tie the, the fines to renewing your driver's license? Mm-hmm. You can't renew your driver's license unless you clear off these fines. But uh, the caller raises a good point. So far, the, for, for people who want to break the rules, the financial penalty doesn't seem to be much of a, a mitigating factor for them. They're willing to accept that. Uh, and ignore it, if so be it. I just, again, you look at the owner of that Cordoy restaurant, um, I don't think any level of fine is necessarily going to deter her from her political beliefs and somehow this is all about her freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I think there's a public appetite out there for harsher penalties, but I'm not sure that's necessarily going to solve this problem. Okay. Marion in White Rock is uh, waiting to jump in. Good morning, Marion. Thanks for waiting. Good morning, guys. Uh, I have a question. Our uh, son is in um, a group home. Uh, he's had a shot about two weeks ago, but they're still, we'd love to go take him out, just even for a drive, and they're just refusing to let us do that. They've said we can come in with a mask on and kind of stand outside with him, but that really won't work for him. He's autistic, and they're kind of set in their ways. He's mm. used to be taken for a drive and a meal, and but they still won't let us, and we're wondering if you know anything about that. Are they easing up in restrictions anywhere with that sort of thing? Because they have have, just to add to that, Keith, uh, to, to what Marion is saying, that they are clearly loosening restrictions in some long-term care homes. So would this be next on the list? That's a good question. I'm not familiar with the rules on group homes. With long-term care, they are now supposed to allow visits that take the residents out for a drive mm-hmm. or for, for a lunch. Well, that's home. what I thought, too. Yeah, and that's supposed to be the rule in long-term care. It seems to be uh, being applied unevenly in long-term care, which has been the case since day one. Some care homes are far better than others. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not sure what the rules are with group homes. Okay, but uh, it'd be worth following up, Marion, uh, with the ministry, if nothing else. Or because- with the ombudsman. You, know, oh. you can phone the ombudsman's office and seek some clarification there as well. The ombudsman's office. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, to Kelowna next. Robert, thank you for waiting, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, just two points, and I'll just say one third thing quickly. You know, you remember the Spanish flu, how many millions of people were killed and people refused to wear masks and that? Maybe you should put some stuff on the radio and TV about that. And the other thing, too, is that restaurant, they should have brought the police in right away. They should have arrested, you know, shut them right down. And the other thing is I had actually caught COVID. I've lost the sense of my smell. Hmm. My taste is still there. And the thing is, I wasn't personally gained weight. I slept for 18 to 20 hours, and my appetite was, like, totally gone. I, like, I just couldn't eat. I go to eat something, it's like, 
just couldn't put the food down. Robert, so, I, mean, you, I think I'm just I have a question for you, sir, if you don't mind. Uh, how long sure. ago? How long ago did you have COVID? That was about probably five, six months ago. Because we're talking about long-term after effects. Long haulers are what some people get called who don't completely get cleared up right away. Are you one of those or are you pretty much better minus your sense of smell? I haven't checked to see if I still got it. I think I'm going to do that because basically my, uh, and I had a good sense of smell. Like I, I thought in my car, I used to put uh, hair freshers in there. Couldn't smell them, got another one, and I even put, like, some alcohol, like, you know, pure alcohol hmm. on my nose, you know, and all, I couldn't even really smell that. It was just, like, just for, I, and that's really bad. People don't realize, you know what, who cares if, if you don't care about yourself, but guess what, other people have to be concerned about. Like, I'm lucky I didn't die. I'm 65. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Appreciate the call. Some interesting thoughts in there, Keith. Yeah, no, it's a, another reminder, this can be a devastating illness for people. Uh, interestingly, about uh, the long hauler, um, situation there are two clinics in in metro vancouver that are specially set up to collect data on long haulers and hopefully we get some information from them soon right one in vancouver one in surrey uh to determine just how many people are fall into this category of ongoing lingering um very serious after effects of getting COVID 19 the numbers in that category seem to be growing um We talked uh, with Jason Tetro in our last half hour about the new innovation in the UK. Prime Minister Johnson over there promising uh, those uh, tests, uh, those uh, lateral flow tests to anyone who wants one starting this weekend. You can uh, mail them. You can get them from pharmacies and workplaces. You can get up to two a week. Our our health officials aren't as uh, impressed with the testing process as others appear to be. Might this cause things to loosen up a little bit? Well, you know, I've sort of rule of thumb all along since day one is always expect the unexpected in this thing. Nothing's ever etched in stone. Things are changing all the time. Uh, if you recall at the beginning, masks were, the, the issue of wearing masks was seen as unimportant. Like yeah. It's not effective now. It's basically part and of And we all wore thing. gloves. Everybody wore gloves at the beginning, too. Yeah. They couldn't, yeah, couldn't wear, handles, some so people wearing two gloves. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. So we're, the science is changing, and science always changes. As people have to realize it doesn't, it doesn't stay static and um, non-changing. The more information we get, the more the rules change, and whether it's testing, whether it's other health protocols, uh, things are going to change. Will we get the British test? I don't know. Uh, But again, don't rule anything out. Right. And so I I would expect, though, with the announcement by the Brits that uh, when Dr. Henry has her next press conference, uh, whether it's just to announce uh, numbers, uh, but she's usually good about taking a few questions. I think it's probably likely that given the fact that it's now nationwide for 60 million Britons, it's likely that she's going to get asked about it for British Columbia. Well, I think I think it will come up. I mean, testing has always come up with Dr. Henry, whether it's rapid testing, should we do more testing? She has a certain strategy when it comes to testing um, and doesn't seem to want to depart from that. But in terms of technology, uh, that has changed over time. Remember, we didn't have the, the, the rinse test at the beginning. That's right. And that's part of the, the daily routine for many kids 